In this episode, I am speaking with my friend and founder of The Evolved Man, Nick Maytash. Nick and I talk about how men right now are unintentionally hurting themselves, their marriages, their relationships, and their businesses because they are failing to do one thing. Nick even tells us the story of his own popping moment when his internal balloon of stored up emotion popped and how he discovered through that moment the importance of expressing emotion as a man and how that moment in time inspired him to create his group, The Evolved Man. Nick and I will also get into three tools that every man can add to his tool belt this week to improve communication in your marriage, to build trust in your relationships, and to drive change within your business. Three things Nick defines as foundations to becoming a dad, making a difference. This episode of Nick Maytash starts now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast dedicated to helping men become a difference maker in the lives of their families, in their communities, and in their business. It is my goal that each episode will give you practical and actionable information that you can implement in your life so that you can become a dad making a difference. My name is Cam Hall. I am your host, and I am excited to dive into our conversation today with Nick Maytash. But before we begin, if you are new here, welcome. I appreciate you. I'm glad that you're here. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss on any upcoming episodes. And if you're listening today and this conversation brings you any value, let's pay it forward today. Share it with someone you know who would benefit from our interview today with Nick. And if you're listening and you want to shout us out, tag us at Dad's Making a Difference on Instagram. We'd love to shout you out in return. Now, to introduce you to my guest today, my guest today is Nick Maytash of The Evolved Man. Nick is a husband, father, business owner, content creator, and men's coach. Through The Evolved Man, Nick focuses on helping men develop the emotional awareness, connectedness, and expression that is needed for men to master their presence and their purpose as husbands and fathers. And if you've gone and listened to episode one of this podcast, you will recognize that presence and purpose are closely aligned to the pillars of dads making a difference. And if you haven't listened to episode one, you're going to listen to this interview. You're going to go back. You're going to listen to episode one where I dive into the vision for the DMD and the purpose of dads making a difference and the pillars of becoming a dad making a difference. So once you do that, you'll completely understand why I knew I had to have Nick as a guest on the DMD podcast, because I believe Nick is teach what Nick is teaching is fundamental in becoming a dad, making a difference. So without further delay, Nick, welcome to the DMD podcast. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate uh, the warm welcome, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we get into today for sure. Yeah, I appreciate having you, Nick. You have two young kids. You were just telling me before we started this that you had a little adventure. You know, being a dad can be a time where we have all these plans in place and then something like sickness 
jumps in and, and derails everything. So uh, Nick, sure. was, Nick was sharing just before this that he was going to surprise his family on a vacation and then got the SOS call the night before that he had to come anyway because everyone was sick. So yes, uh, I'm sure your family appreciates that. And and the reason I'm sharing that story because I thought it was great that we were talking when we were talking before is that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes as a dad, you have to make sacrifice. Uh, sometimes as a dad, you have to step into a certain role, even though you might have a role in your head that you already want to play. And what you teach men with the evolved men, with the evolved man and in your Facebook group is you're, you're talking about, you know, presence and purpose and connectedness, but you really talk in a lot about emotion as well. So when you think through the lens of the evolved man, I'd love to know how does Nick define a difference maker? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to being a dad and being a family man, someone who has these humans that you care about in terms of being a difference maker and and kind of separating yourself from the crowd of the typical or the average dad that you see walking around at the, the local grocery store or mall or whatever, it really comes down to, at least in my opinion, how we kind of separate and, and really push beyond what is just the, the normalcy of what we see is to get in touch with our hearts and get in touch with our emotional selves and, and be able to open up in a way that we've never been taught to because guys were just not wired for it. Um, and, and we've been taught to kind of ignore that part of us that is open and, and wants to have fun and wants to lean in and share their love and their affection with people. But we've been taught from a very young age, from boyhood to manhood, through sports, through watching our dads, through watching the culture and what they expect from young men and and grown men, is that your emotions don't matter. And your functionality and what you can produce and what you can bring to the table is what we care about most. And, you know, it's, it's not untrue. It's not false that part of our role is to be a provider and to go out and take care of our families. Of course it is. But what gets lost in the mix is we kind of get this tunnel vision towards that and forget about the part of us that is is ready to be open and ready to share and ready to connect mm-hmm. in, a, in a vulnerable way. And when it comes to being a dad and a husband, like you can't do it effectively if that switch within you is turned off. So I really think that in terms of being a difference maker, someone that stands out and like is revered as a husband and father that that you want to kind of look up to and admire it's really coming down to are do your people know that they're cared for not just because of the money you bring in or the food you put on the table or and again these are beautiful acts of service to your family but being able to share that space emotionally with them i think is what a difference maker is when it comes to being a man a husband and a father awesome and you know you you share that with us and i know that following you and and we've known each other for a little bit in other capacities that you know, you live that. So how did, how did you, you said flip, you flip the switch, right. And, and what you see manhood as a fatherhood or being a husband, how did you flip the switch? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, it's, I, I am very privileged in my experience of what a great dad looks like. My dad is an incredible dad and he's not someone who, you know, has a Facebook or an Instagram and is sharing all these great dad tips. It's, it was never about 
telling me what it is to be a good dad. He just showed me. He was always there. He was always present. And now when I say past tense, he's presently still doing those things. I was texting him today about my lawnmower because I don't know what is wrong with it. And he's like trying to troubleshoot it with me from a hundred miles away via text. So like he's he's just a great example of what being a dad is. And I've kind of not joked directly with him, but I've kind of seen it in my experience of my grandfather, his dad, and then to him and then to me. It's almost like this progression from generation to generation, men kind of realizing that that openness is a good thing. It's not something that needs to be shunned or moved away from. My dad wasn't like an open and gushy kind of guy, but he's joyful, he's playful, he's fun. Like he doesn't just stay serious all the time. He's a very goofy guy. My, my grandfather was just kind of very stoic. And you could see that my dad, a little bit lighter, a little bit funnier, emotionally, you know, in terms of like crying and opening up in that way, I saw him, you know, when his dad passed, my grandfather passed, I saw him, you know, weep there, but that's understandable. And then there's me, like one generation after that, I'm just like kind of cracking things open more gradually than, than even that. But so I've, I've had a great example, like genetics and also example has been a beautiful thing for my experience. But even so, I walked into fatherhood and without my even knowing it, the first three months or so, I was, I was very much... Um, kind of fitting in the role that maybe we all think that we have to, you know, mm. stay strong, stay, stay consistent. Don't, um, you know, don't be a burden for other people by showing them how you're feeling. And I think the biggest turning point for me and all of that, and kind of seeing how effective and how important it is to be emotional and understand your emotions in this process of being a husband and father is my daughter, she's four now, but when she was three months old, zero to three months, she was super colicky, like crying all the time, couldn't put her down, couldn't sit down with her. It was just very tense three months, if you will. And uh, one particular morning, uh, I was trying to put her down at like 4 a.m. She wasn't going down. I could feel the tension rising in my body, trying to put her down consistently. Every time I put her down, she start crying. Eventually my wife steps in, she takes care of it. She's just, you know, <laughs> just the best mom does it yeah. probably within one try. I go downstairs to like get a glass of water and just check myself. Cause I could feel like the anger, the frustration, yes. all of it just coming through me. Right. Yeah. And I took a deep breath and I just, I lost it. I just mm -hmm. wept in the kitchen by myself for, I don't know, a couple minutes. And then what I realized in that moment, but also in reflection of that moment, like as soon as I let it go, I was fine. I was good. And I was like ready to get back at it. I walked upstairs thinking that my daughter would still be fussing. And I'm like, okay, I can get back in there. She was sleeping because my wife's great at what she does. But like, I just felt so much better. And just, it was that, that was the switch for me. It was, this isn't helpful to hold on to. Mm. It needs to be expressed. It needs to be kind of shared more frequently so that it doesn't come to this bursting point. I kind of, the, the way that I explain it with my clients now is, it's letting air out of the balloon slowly versus letting it pop. You know, letting air out of the balloon like slowly that. is so good. Sharing, sharing how you're feeling. If you're tense, if you're having a bad day at work, if there's something troubling within your relationship that needs to be spoken about, that's letting air out of the balloon slowly. Holding it in as men do so well <laughs> yep. is, is like it builds and builds and builds. And there's going to be something. It's inevitable because life is just chaos that's going to pin you <laughs> on the side of that balloon and it's going to pop. And that was my popping moment when my daughter was three months old. And I just kind of realized pretty quickly thereafter, like, okay, I, I don't want to feel that way. Again. I don't want to feel angry at my three month old. 
I know it's natural to have emotional reactions and experiences when you're trying to take care of kids, but I don't want to have that much stuff built up within me. So I need to start working on expressing it more openly. And I'm not perfect. I'm not like, there's still times my wife will call, call me out and be like, something's going on. Just what, what is it? So yeah. I'm not perfect. I know, I know I, I, I talk about it and I share like, guys, this is really, really important, Yeah. but it's just a practice and we're all getting better at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But the acknowledgement of why it's important was kind of in that space as a, as a young father. And now we have two of them. And like you were just saying, uh, you know, the, the sickness that has con- gone through our house in the last month from the stomach bug to having head colds, you know, there are going to be external circumstances that put pressure on you as a family man. And if you don't have a place where you can release those things healthily, healthily in a, in a way that isn't destructive, it's going to find you like it's one of those run, but you can't hide situations. So that's kind of where my origin story of seeing the importance of it is, if you will. Wow, man. You you had so much there that I want to unpack, you know, as you're sharing, um, you're saying, you know, I'm working through this still and, and you're being vulnerable in that, but you're being real. You know, I, I could admit I'm still working on this quite a bit as well, you know, in, in managing, my emotions and how I express right. those emotions. And if you were to f- go back to that moment in time, you know, you have your baby daughter, she's not, yeah. she's colicky. You put her down, you go downstairs. Um, where did that emotion come from? You know, I I've been in that situation and I, I know where mine came from, maybe a feeling of helplessness that like, can I do this doubt those types of things. But for you, where did your emotion come from? Man, it's it's such a mixture um, of of things that probably were released in that experience of, you know, feeling like I wasn't doing enough, feeling like I I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Like you're a, I was a young father. I was you know three months into my journey, and I have this baby that won't stop crying. So there was a lot of, am I good enough at this? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I failing this baby? Um, there's also the nature of like, am I being a good enough partner to my wife in this experience where we're both going through this very challenging time with our kid? So there's just a lot of um, second guessing myself, uh, you know, the anxiety and the projection of if this is the first three months, what is life going to be like? And also there's this rational and logical understanding, like, of course, it's a small child. It's going to grow out of some of these things and we're going to be fine. And she, like, she's a a great kid. She's four years old. She doesn't do these things anymore. Not all the time anyway. Um, So I think it was just a lot of pent up stuff of not feeling worthy enough, not feeling like I was doing a good job, not feeling like I, I could handle it. And that was what broke me. And then, you know, like I said, within moments of getting it all out of me, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I just needed to let some of this stuff go instead of hanging on to it. That was really the only difference that needed to be, you know, uh, taken care of. You know, you, you speak often of emotional awareness and expression and yep. being vulnerable in expressing emotions. In the story of your dad, you talked about how your dad was like joyous and fun and happy. Um, and you saw him with emotion when his father passed, which you said was typical. Do you feel that there's a stigma with guys right now? And you can see it on social media, maybe in your community, where you can be joyous, happy and outgoing, but still have this wall between how you're going to portray yourself and how you're going to let your emotions out. Have you seen with the men that you're working with, anyone that's, you know, joyous, happy, outgoing, 
but really is still struggling with that expression of their emotion. Yeah, for sure. I think that the joyous and outgoing nature of some guys and some people, it can be a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I present to you that I am joking all the time and I'm always here to have fun and I want to, you know, throw one-liners out there to be the life of the party, it can very much be like, I'm, I'm in pain, but I don't want anybody to see that. So I think that's definitely a mechanism that a lot of people use. Um, does everybody that is a jokester, outgoing, kind of fun-loving guy doing that? I don't think so. But, you know, when you get to the core of it, I've, I've had clients that kind of present in a way like, oh, wow, this is, this is a fun guy. And you get three weeks into working with them, and you're like, oh, you have some darkness in there that you, you finally have a safe space to talk about, which I'm, I'm grateful that you, you know, engaged in this conversation. But, you know, until you have a safe space where you do feel like, okay, I can let some of the jokes be put down. I can let some of this stuff slide and actually talk about what's real for me. There's not a lot of spaces out there in the general public amongst men that I, I think warrant someone who has always had that as a defense mechanism, all of a sudden backing off and feeling like it's okay to, to share those things. You know, even with my closest friends, my boys from back home, the guys who are at my wedding, there's maybe two of them that have seen or like heard the conversations that I might have with my clients yeah. with me right? Most of the conversations that I have with my boys are like, okay, let's joke and have fun and have a drink and, you know, reminisce on when we were 18 and did stupid stuff. Like that's the typical mode of operation for men and their friendships. But when I get into conversations with men who I've met in this experience of kind of going through personal development and coaching and going through programs that I've been a participant in, you know, making friends and, and like some brothers really along the way. Um, like one guy that comes to mind is, is Julian Rosen, a fellow coach, like him and I have both grown in many ways since I've met him and I know him, like we have met during a season of our lives where we're both committed to this, this stuff. Yeah. Whereas my friends from my childhood, we met when I was 10 right. and that wasn't what they've known me as. So I think the mode of operation for many guys is there's not a safe space to let that guard down stop being the jovial outgoing guy and really get real it's really being intentional about finding a conversation where that's appropriate, whether that be therapy or coaching or a mastermind where you can finally feel like, okay, everybody else is human. I guess I might as well share what's on my mind. It's, it's a rarity. Um, so I think it's, it has to be super intentional. It's not going to just kind of fall into your lap. It, it might, but I don't think that it will. I love that you use the word intentional because, you know, I, we both you and I have coached men in different capacities. And I find that, we know we have emotion that we need to let out. We know that we have these, we'll call them tough conversations or unfiltered conversations that we would love to have. But we can't, we don't feel comfortable in doing that with our friends. Like you said, you know, different seasons of our life and different circumstances have shaped those relationships. For you in your life, and there's a guy listening to this right now who's like, you know, I have this emotion inside me. I don't have anybody I can have an unfiltered conversation with an intentional conversation with, you know, what could you share, you know, from your experience that would help someone listening to this right now in reaching out for, to make a connection like that? Use the internet. You know, you're not going to go to a bar and all of a sudden find somebody that is like-minded with you and having the same struggles. You know, the, the beautiful thing about the internet, and obviously there's a lot of drawbacks to the internet, but it is this beautiful space where, 
you can type in a few keywords and you can find people that are looking for the same things that you're looking for. You know, I run a free Facebook group called the Evolved Man on Facebook. And it's like 300 plus guys of just men that are ready for these types of conversations, right? It's not, we're not in there talking about the football game or we're talking about the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock thing in a, in a way that's all, you know, jokes and fun things and, and all that stuff. We're really digging into what does it mean to be a husband and a father? And, you know, similar to what you're doing here with, with dads making a difference, you find these places by being intentional and looking on the, this vast internet by typing in a few keywords. There's so many different avenues where you can find these things. And it sometimes turns into a rabbit hole, a beautiful rabbit hole, I should say, where you kind of get started with one thing and all of a sudden that kind of turns into, oh, okay. So, you know, you might go to a group uh, full of dads that are doing real estate or something. And you meet one of them like that had a very similar experience in their family and they recommend a different group and you go to that one and you go to this book and then that podcast. So it's really about just starting somewhere, not being super um, attached to, am I in the right place in this moment? Is this the exact fit that I need? It's just kind of follow your curiosity, your intuition and say, all right, well, I, I'm aware that I'm looking for something. Find the first something that feels right to you and let that kind of run its course. Because, yeah. you know, some people ask me like, what was the first book that you read that really cracked your world open to personal development? The first book that I legitimately read as an adult that kind of started this whole spiral for me was a book by Dave Ramsey called The Total Money Makeover. And yeah. it's not a personal development book. It's not a book about emotions. Right. But here I am. And the reason is I read this book. And in that book, they gave you some things that you can try to start paying down some debt. And I did two of them, or maybe one of them. I did one of them and paid off both my wife and my, and my car. And I was like, oh my God, I took information. I did something with it and I got a result. And then my mind, of course, goes, I wonder where else I can find this. So I started reading more books. So right. it's really just kind of addressing whatever your itch is right now. Go find a book, go find a Facebook group, go find a podcast and let the course run itself. You know, it's, it's not, I think a lot of people get it, make it more complicated than it needs to be. Go on the internet, search something that feels like this is what I want to learn about. Go and find people, go and find products or, you know, things that you can consume that will help you in that journey and then let it go from there. And usually in my experience, you'll, you'll find what you're looking for eventually. Take action, right? right. You're, you're talking about taking action. You know, how often are people passive consumers of goods, passive consumers of information, or they'll listen to this podcast or another of their favorite podcasts, or they'll go online and they'll just consume, 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 but they'll never implement. They'll never take action. Right. And so, yeah, the encouragement, just take action, take that first step and, and move forward and, and be open to being a little bit uncomfortable with that. Um, For sure. I want to shift gears a little bit. It, it's still related because, you know, in your social media presence, in your Facebook group, just in everything that you do, you're very open about how building an important, an important and open relationship with your spouse can play a huge role in your own development, being able to express emotion and how having someone in your corner there who you might not like, there's situations, man, where if you and I were talking, we'd have an unfiltered conversation. We're going to share things that, you know, maybe my wife, Kim, like, I don't need to have that conversation with her. She doesn't need to know everything, but she needs to know what she needs to know. Can you talk about, you know, the importance of taking action, circling back to that in developing a strong relationship 
with your spouse and how you've done it. And I'm sure you have had ups and downs, but like we all do, but how are you doing this? How am I doing this? I am doing this. And it goes back to being intentional, man. I, I, when we got married, that was husband felt important to me. Mm-hmm. So like I went from boyfriend to fiance and it felt cool to have a ring on my girl's finger. But like, as soon as I became a husband, this switch just went off and I'm like, okay, game time. I need to become the best person I can for her eventual kids that we, we hope to have. So I really got intentional and that's where kind of that rabbit hole of Dave Ramsey book turned into everything else. And, you know, it's in terms of creating the best relationship that you possibly can. I like literally right before we, we hopped on here, I, I wrote a post on Instagram and it, the, photo just reads communicate or die. That's it. Like there's, it's so simple, but so hard. It's, it's because communication naturally, and you know, just to speak to a couple of things that I mentioned in the post, like communicating is this really difficult thing for a lot of people because there's fear of abandonment. Because when you share something that is vulnerable, maybe the other person doesn't hear it correctly or they're offended or whatever. And they walk away from the conversation. Or maybe in the past, you've had somebody walk away from your relationship because you didn't agree with something. So you hold back. You know, we all have these kind of nicks and cuts of past experiences that make us close up or have guards or whatever. And I don't know if it was just the, I didn't want to play any more games when I met my wife. You know, I I just was like, okay, she can have whatever, uh, she's going to get whatever I have here. And it was just I'm going to try to give it as best as I can communicate openly. And I wasn't again, perfect at all. Cause there was, I think my wife taught me as much as I have learned about communication because she will ask questions when I am off, when my energy is off. And I learned through her kind of helping me open up and all of that, but it's really just being intentional and knowing that communication is, I've kind of joked about this recently, but it's like lubricant. If you don't have <laughs> lubricant, things get rough. So if you, if you don't communicate, things get rough because you have resentments that, that, you know, stay with you for a while, or you have uh, little things that just get off center. And when you get off center by one degree and you address it quickly, cool, you're fine. If you get off one degree and then you, you know, compound that for a year, two years, seven years, 10 years, you're way off course. And it's going to take a lot of course correction at that point. So the more that you're communicating and sharing openly, um, the better off you are. And again, back to this place of imperfection, I'm not perfect at it. There are things that I've certainly messed up and waited too long to say out loud or just, you know, whether it be fear of abandonment or being embarrassed to say something out loud or what have you, everybody has obstacles. But the people that have the closest connection with their spouses are the ones that allow those obstacles not to make them run away from the conversation, but inform them that this is an important thing that needs to be said. And it's not so much that I am trying to throw this into the ring so that we mess things up and we walk away from each other. I'm throwing this into the ring because if we don't figure this out, it's going to be an obstacle for us moving forward. So communicate regularly. Um, I would say, <laughs> there's a lot of people like, go on dates, have date night. And yes, I agree to that. But I've also joked like, go and date your wife it's not a foolproof thing. Like yeah. the, the whole idea of dating your wife is to be intentional with your wife and mm. have, have, have space for her. And you know, when you have a date night every week, it's already in your schedule. You're going to be out with her for an hour and you don't, you won't have the kids or you won't have your work. Like, so it's, it's carved out. That's great. But the whole essence of what that is, is be intentional. So be intentional, be communicative, 
I try my best with all of those things and I, I think it's working pretty well. We have a great relationship. Is it perfect? No. But when I look around at other people that I'm close with, that she's close with, and I look at their marriages and like, what, what are we doing differently? Because it doesn't feel difficult for us. It doesn't feel trying and, and I might just be super ignorant and <laughs> way offline, but I look at other relationships and like, I, I think that we are doing something right here because there's a lot of drama, a lot of resentment, a lot of frustration and other relationships that I'm, I'm aware of. And I'm like, how did it happen? How does that work? Because if you're doing things proactively, communicating regularly, again, letting air out of the balloon instead of letting it pop, we're doing that through communication. We're doing that through connecting intentionally. So it never gets to a place of bursting for us. Whereas with a lot of other couples that I you know, know personally, it's like, okay, your balloon has burst because you didn't communicate or you weren't intentional and you just kind of let things slide for five years and all of a sudden it's like, I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants that. So it's really just getting on the ball and doing it frequently as best you possibly can. I'm glad you brought back that balloon analogy because I was listening to you in the parallels between you know, keeping your emotions in until you pop and your relationship with your spouse. Keep If there's a little thing that's bothering you, there's these little, whether you're not communicating with each other, there's something going on, or you're coming out of two years now where there's been a lot of stress in people's homes and you haven't been able to communicate intentionally to let a little bit out, your balloon pops, mm-hmm. right? You, you, right? you get to that end and we see a lot of people right now who maybe two and a half years ago, had a really healthy relationship. But now because of the pressures and the stresses that life has put on them, they're feeling a little tense right now. And they're like, how do I get back there? And so for the the guys who are listening to this right now, and they're like, oh man, I want to have an open communicative relationship with my wife. I want to be intentional. I just don't know what to do. So for, for those guys out there right now who are looking for help, what's one like action step or or a little bit of coaching from Nick that you would encourage them to, to take some action on right now? Honestly, if somebody feels like they are, like I was saying before, like you get one degree off and you correct it quickly, you're fine. But if you get one degree off and now it's been two and a half years of a pandemic and you've been working for home and you haven't seen anybody else aside from your wife and you guys are driving each other nuts, go see a couples therapist or a counselor or hire a coach that can work with both of you. Some form of support And that might feel like an extreme measure, but I think the value here is sometimes communicating when there's a third party that's facilitating the conversation gets a lot easier. Mm. When I say sometimes, I mean most times, because if it's just two people, two imperfect people that aren't communicating regularly, when you come to have that conversation, you're bringing a whole whole lot of stuff that hasn't been said in a while to that conversation. And you guys are going to butt heads because it's natural. It's not because you're broken. It's not because you hate each other. It's just that here we are and we haven't said anything to each other about meaningful things in a while. So it's all going to come up right now. When it's just the two of you, that can get ugly quickly unless you're both very skilled in communicating, which if you've waited this long, newsflash, you're not. Um, So having a third party there, a counselor, a therapist, somebody that can say, whoop, that's out of bounds or whoop, tell me what what that actually means. Because, you know, if you're in that heated conversation with your wife or or what have you, digging deeper than what's being said is not often going to happen. So having a third party, I think is really, really helpful because after a while, you probably won't need that third party there because you hopefully learned some skills, had some tools in your tool belt. Um, 
and really, you know, kind of navigated back to what that center was. So I would definitely suggest seeking some form of support in some way, because I was, you know, saying in my group the other day, like when we are trying to communicate and emotions get high, just scientifically, the way that your brains work, when emotions are charged, the front, the front part of your brain, the part that's responsible for critical thinking is gone. Like it's offline. You can't use it. So if you're trying to be in if you conversation. Have kids, yeah. Right. You have kids, you know all about that, right? Flip your lid. Right, right, right. Yeah. The flip your lid thing. I, I like straight up said that in my group the other day, because it's so important to understand, like when you're in the, the depths of a serious conversation where people's feelings are getting hurt and you're saying things that yes, are important to say, but aren't coming out eloquently, the rational and logical side of both of you is not participating. It's everybody just coming up with their unconscious emotional self and it's probably not going to end well. So having someone that is kind of standing by and watching all of that and sorting through what is out of bounds, what's in bounds, really, really powerful to have that in your back pocket. And like I said, over time, you'll probably learn some things about yourself, about how you communicate and how to get better where that third party won't be necessary. But I think in the, in the, the front end of that, if you're really trying to course correct and come back to what feels like a, a healthy relationship, I think that's probably the best, best spot. Yeah. I love that. And I don't want to add to it, but just to piggyback onto it. I find that as you're speaking, I'm reflecting on my own relationship and what has helped with you know, our relationship in our home over the last couple of years. And it's going back to something we mentioned earlier in the conversation, you said being intentional and having intentional conversations. You know, if I know something's up in our home and and in our relationship, Kim and my relationship, I need to be intentional, caring, thoughtful, sensitive, guard my emotions. I need to do a lot of things to make sure and a lot of prep work to make sure in that conversation, I enter it into a way that's going to be beneficial for both of us. Where when you bring somebody else in, you still are mindful of all of that, but allows you to kind of take the responsibility and, and the load off your shoulder and just lets you be you. And, right. and when you see each other for who you really are in that moment where maybe you're both a little bit frustrated, maybe you're both a little bit emotional, you can see each other for who you really are. You know, we're human beings, imperfect, like you said. Um, right. I love that, man. I think that's great advice. You know, that coupled with finding a connection or a group where you can have unfiltered conversations and process through things, maybe before you get to that point, I think is also super valuable. Nick, man, I appreciate your insight and your knowledge in this. And um, I always have a question. I'm always, I'm always, I'm excited to ask you this question, but what are you excited about right now? What's going on in your life that you're excited about? Man, I, I am excited about many things. Uh, like you said, we have two small kids. One of them is four. The other one just turned one. So Henry, our little boy, uh, is now over a year and he's walking around and having a lot of fun. And, you know, you, I think, similar, live in a similar climate to us where we've been just buried in snow for months and months and months. Yes. So kind of the the combination of him kind of getting to a place of walking and running around and having a blast and also getting outside and having some space to to do that. I'm just excited to watch that happen over the next few months, spring into summer. For for me personally, um, you know, I'm, I'm shifting not my business in itself, but the way that I approach it. Uh, and it comes back to intentionality. I know we've said it a couple of times. Uh, there's been many seasons of my business where it was like, okay, I got to be hustling all the time, working on my business several hours a day. And the reality is, I, I'm trying to build a life in which I'm not doing that. I'm trying to build a life that has 
um, more freedoms and just more clarity and systems to it. So I'm really aligning things through that Evolved Man Facebook group and letting that be a hub where I get to connect with guys in an intentional and meaningful way rather than just spraying things all over the internet all the time where <laughs> that's what I used to do. So I'm just excited to kind of really focus in on this community that I'm, uh, you know, building and, and, you know, day by day, you see more guys join and, and show up there and, and be a part of that conversation. So super excited about that. And just as well with, with, you know, myself and my wife, just getting to a place now where with our two kids, getting to a spot of, of not independence because our one-year-old definitely is still in diapers and not going to be you know, moving out anytime soon. But our daughter, she's going to school. She's learning so much. She's kind of figuring things out for herself. We're kind of getting to that spot. Where we're like, okay, we, we can kind of just sit on the couch and watch them play with each other or you know, kind of fall back and let them do their thing for a little bit. Whereas the last four years, that hasn't been the case because we've been very hands-on with, with our kids and have intentionally done so. Um, but who knows? We might hit the reset button in the next couple of years too. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. that's still to be seen. But being able to kind of see more space where we can do commit more space to my wife and yeah. vice versa. You know, her and I were speaking last night. You know, there's just so many things that are going on in our lives. Her and I both have a business. We have these kids. We have this home that we're trying to to keep organized and everything. On top of that, I'm still a, a middle school teacher, which hasn't uh, been mentioned in this. And, and you knew that beforehand and all of that stuff. So I, there's just so many things circling in our lives and and anywhere that we can sense more space to kind of reconnect with each other through the day um, is really, really awesome. So as our kids get a little bit older, we're like, okay, we can take a breath. We can let them play in the playroom by themselves as long as there's a camera on. So we make sure everything's safe down there. So it's, it's little things like that. I'm excited about growing and allowing some of that space to come back where it's not just go, 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 trying to change diapers and survive the day uh, a little bit here and there. So all of those things included are very exciting to me these days. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing, man. I'm excited for you and for guys who are listening to this right now, where can they find you? So the Evolved Man Facebook group is going to be number one. I'm in there uh, a few times a week sharing, you know, meaningful content, also doing a live training in there every single Thursday night, at least at this point, it's Thursday night. So that's where the main hub is. I'm also still going to be on Instagram pretty regularly, mainly because I just like Instagram and the, the content sharing platform that it is. And I know that you've watched a bunch of my reels and all the, the goofy stuff that I get to do there. So yeah. it's kind of like a fun playground for me over there uh, versus where on Facebook in the, in the group, that's like, okay, this is, this is home for the business. This is where I get to be the coach, the guy that's leading things. And Instagram is more of like a, a fun space to share meaningfully, but do so in a in more of a goofy way and in a playful way. Awesome. So there you go. Uh, we will put Nick's contact information where you can find him on social media. Uh, we'll probably even put a link to that book he referenced earlier on the conversation down into the show notes. Uh, go find him, connect with him. He's a great guy. Nick, I appreciate you. Thank you again for doing this. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.